Welcome to To Put It Playfully, the podcast that explores all things kink, sex and lingerie. I'm your host Becky, enthusiast of all things playful and sensual. Each week we bring you a new guest to join a conversation and share their unique perspective. So join us as we delve into the fascinating and thrilling world of play, pleasure and everything in between. So hello and welcome to To Put It Playfully. I'm your host Becky and today we're talking to sex and relationship coach Brie Leche about navigating non-monogamy and sexuality as a mother in honour of Mother's Day in the US. So hey Brie, I'm so glad to be able to talk to you today, especially about this subject that like not many people talk about openly. Totally. I'm really happy to be here and happy to be talking about this. It's important. Yeah, it's so important. So what led you to start to question monogamy? Well, for me, it was something that I was just naturally not good at. (laughs) (laughs) Starting from like a teenager, I was always kind of carrying on multiple romantic relationships. And, you know, I'd have like boyfriends at different schools and I would be trying to navigate like, how do I do this? But I also felt a lot of guilt, right? Because I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm I'm cheating, even though you're in high school, who cares? But like, still, (laughs) it's just always, it was something that I was just naturally inclined to was like multiple relationships at a time. And it wasn't until college when I actually met my current husband, I had a boyfriend when I met him. And I just felt so conflicted, like to the point of being ill, like, because I just cared about them both so much and felt like I had to make a choice. And then I started Googling. I was like, there's like, 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 I haven't been the only person that's felt this way, right? And turns out I wasn't. And there's Mm -hmm. um, people have been doing it for forever, really. Yeah, I embraced it. Starting in college, I told my husband, like, hey, I'm pretty sure I'm non monogamous. And We've been navigating it ever since. That was 13 years ago now, which is crazy to say out loud. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and obviously, like, it sounds like he was very receptive to the idea and open to it, which is good. Yeah, I think in college, you know, he was definitely more idealistic. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, he liked, once again, the idea that he's like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, m- humans probably aren't designed for monogamy. But it was definitely more challenging once we started putting it into practice. Yeah. So there's definitely a learning curve. And we've experienced that through all of our seasons together. But he, I think it's definitely something I'm a little more inclined to, but he enjoys having the option of if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting, like, because I know, I guess a lot of people don't come into it both being, okay, we're non-monogamous. It kind of like ends up starting like, oh, maybe one person introduced them to the idea. And then, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's kind of crazy how we sort of expect everyone to align perfectly. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Even in the way that you can practice non-monogamy can be so different. Because for me, the type of connections that I prefer are different from the type of connections he prefers. So that that can be interesting to navigate too, is that even if two people are non-monogamous in a relationship together, the way that they practice non-monogamy can be really different. It's kind of like a design it yourself (laughs) yeah (laughs) and almost like I guess uh, there's other like definitions of cheating as well for different people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah I think all relationships should kind of be like that though like there is a very set way of how you should have a relationship you should share a bed you should like go everywhere together and that kind of thing and yeah Mm -hmm. I think that's not how happy relationships are made (laughs) no no I think And I think it's exciting to see that more and more people are starting to deviate from those scripts and starting to 
embrace the parts that don't work for them even if it is something as simple as like sharing a bedroom like that doesn't work for everyone and that's okay (laughs) yeah so for people who don't know much about non-monogamy like how would you define it how would I define non-monogamy it's difficult because I think in truth we're all on a spectrum and and truly like not more non-monogamous than monogamous because true Mm -hmm. monogamy would mean that you're getting everything from one person and that's not happening for anybody right we all have our friendships our relationships outside of our romantic relationships that are still very meaningful right so true monogamy actually doesn't really exist but I think the way that we think of it is within the context of our romantic or sexual relationships but still not even everyone thinks of it that way because there are of course asexual folks for example but when we say non-monogamy that's normally what we're thinking of is folks that have um, or what we're talking about is folks that are open to having multiple ongoing um, romantic or sexual relationships. Yeah and how is that is it different to polyamory at all? Yes yes non-monogamy is more of an umbrella term and polyamory is one of the categories kind of under that umbrella Mm -hmm. is for polyamorous folks polyamory means many loves and so for them they prefer multiple relationships that are centered on on the idea of love on like right where where non-monogamous folks could be non-monogamous more for reasons of being able to have sex with multiple people there's swingers that fit under the umbrella of non-monogamy which is more focused on sex not always so yeah polyamory is kind of a subset from non-monogamy or of non-monogamy. Yeah, thank you for that, for explaining that in such yeah, like, a yeah. concise way. I know you mentioned about speaking to your husband about this early on. Like, mm-hmm. did you have you overcome any challenges throughout that? Oh yeah. We're still overcoming challenges. It's kind of like <laughs> I think it's it's the same really as like a monogamous relationship where because you're continuing to evolve and change and your partner's evolving and changing, and your relationship's evolving and changing. So it's just another piece within that. So yeah, it's funny because I feel like our most recent challenges are like not related to non-monogamy at all. <laughs> yeah, of but course. We're, I mean, we've got like a multi-faceted relationship. <laughs> Whereas in the past, it's been more um, more about non-monogamy. And I think for us, what has been the biggest challenge we've had to overcome? I think yeah that's a good question why am I I having a hard time I feel like it hasn't been one thing that stood out I Mm -hmm. think it's more having the endurance to do the inner work that's required when you're so triggered by by non-monogamy because it is really going against a lot of the not only like larger societal scripts and all the things that you've been kind of inundated with from you know the time you were conscious about what it means to have a relationship so you're trying to overcome all of those things but then you're also dealing with your own inner triggers and your inner world of like which piece of non-monogamy is particularly difficult for you and so I think sometimes just having like the endurance for all of that can be hard where you're just like why are we doing this like this is hard I don't want to <laughs> do this anymore but the rewards on the other side of all of that self-reflection are really huge and I think when you decide to be open to tackling those challenges the things that you learn about yourself are really incredible and a lot of times they're things that you wouldn't get the chance to question if you hadn't chosen non-monogamy so I think we've we've really enjoyed that process but sometimes it's exhausting (laughs) yeah I can imagine and like I, I suppose um one of the big questions is that a lot of people have is how do you sort of navigate jealousy in non-monogamous yeah. relationships as that is a 
huge problem in monogamous relationships anyway how yeah how, is it okay to be jealous yeah yeah it is it's definitely okay to be jealous and it's really normal to be jealous and like yeah. some people even enjoy like eroticizing that jealousy right mm. and so it's a really natural emotion and I think for people who don't want to eroticize it to, to just like handle it you it actually is a really good clue because when you're feeling jealous it's usually meaning there's something else under that like either you're you're feeling afraid what are you afraid of are you afraid of breaking up you know are you afraid your partner's going to leave you for this other person are you afraid you're not as you're not as pretty are you comparing yourself yeah or is it about like an unmet need that you have do you feel like your partner you're not getting enough time with your partner and you're needing more time with them or is it about like your own insecurities and is it things that you can kind of work on yourself so that you don't feel that way? Jealousy is always a clue to something deeper and that, that, that can be really fun to try and figure out. And what I've enjoyed about it is that like for me, it'll be, I haven't experienced a lot of jealousy personally with, with in my non-monogamy, but when I have, it's always interesting because I'm like, okay, what is it about this particular person that makes me feel this way? So that's always fun that there can be like very particular types of people or types of situations that make you feel that way. Mm. And you're like, oh, what is, what is this about? So yeah, jealousy is always a clue to something bigger. And I think that that's really a nice way to look at it. Yeah, I think that's really positive because yeah, we all, obviously I think everyone gets a little bit jealous, whether it's in a relationship or in like the workplace even, or just like in friendships and things like that. And yeah, just sitting with it. And mm-hmm. I think more people need to learn how to just like harness the bad emotions that you might have or Mm -hmm. negative emotions and yeah just figure out where they actually come from do some Mm -hmm. life exactly Um, yeah I think that's really interesting and how about when jealousy shows up in and like a negative way like what's what would you say is like not a productive way to display jealousy um I think sometimes when people don't feel like when someone when something that someone else is doing is making them feel a certain way it's really natural to want to like control the other person Mm -hmm. and be like you can't you can't see that person anymore because it makes me feel this negative way right so I think the act of like externalizing it and is in like wanting to control another person is is a negative way that that people tend to want to deal with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's easier right (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it is so much easier just blame so the other person. Like, you don't have to do the inner work. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I mentioned up top that you are a parent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, does, did like, non-monogamy change your parenting at all? Did it change motherhood? Yeah, so the other way around. Did, did um, becoming a mother change our non-monogamy? Yes. Yeah, it did. It did. And I think it was a really fun surprise for me because, you know, I grew up as I think most most of our mothers, you know, our generation, you know, our mothers are at least in their at least late 40s, 50s, 60s even. And so our mothers didn't really get the chance to really own their sexuality, right? Mm -hmm. Or make that like a high priority. And so for me, I always knew that that was really important. Second of all, I knew that like maintaining an identity outside of motherhood while still becoming a mother was really important to me because I have, you know, I know some older, once again, from that generation mothers. And to be fair, they probably didn't have much of a choice, but they 
seem to really just have lost themselves so much in motherhood where then when their kids are out of the house they're like uh they don't know who they are right because they haven't (laughs) had much else outside of that identity so I thought that when I was going to become a mom that I would still really need to be active in my non-monogamy and throughout my pregnancy I still I still was a little bit active in my non-monogamy but once my first baby came I was actually really surprised at how the hormones hit you and you don't want to do anything else besides be with your baby so that was a really a really interesting kind of curveball where I was like oh I actually don't want to date right now Um, And I think it was really a good challenge for me to be like, it's okay to take a break. It doesn't mean you're not non-monogamous anymore. It doesn't mean you don't care about your sexuality. You just have this little person and you're obsessed with them. And it's okay (laughs) to just want to do that mostly. So yeah, so I think only my, so my first one is five years old, almost five. And my second one is three And since my first one's been born, my non-monogamy has been less intense than it was before that. I've still been dating, but I think more so it's shifted the types of relationships that that I'm looking for. I enjoyed kind of more polyamorous style non-monogamy before having kids, but I find that after having kids, I don't have as much of the emotional bandwidth right or like as much to give and so I just have to be really transparent with my partners or people that I'm dating that you know what I have to give is only so much so Mm -hmm. um, the relationships tend to look a little more casual a little more sporadic in terms of like frequency Mm -hmm. than they did before I became a mom but I've been really enjoying that and um yeah yeah and then I think for Daniel same I think he kind of realized that we just don't have a lot of time to put into it you know so I I thought that that'll shift once again as they get older and as their needs are a little less because they're still (laughs) in a lot of ways but um I think yeah question definitely I guess it is it's all about balance isn't it and I Uh suppose like when you have children I guess your other needs are being met and you're being fulfilled in a different way and Uh that's okay you know you're always going to change throughout your life like being a parent or not I suppose totally um you mentioned a little bit about it but yeah about having certain I guess having the open communication with like your partners or like about like since being a parent about how much time you're willing to give them Uh do you find it difficult to maintain a balance or do you think you're quite you've kind of got to that good point where you know what you're doing I think I think I've gotten to a good point where I know what I'm doing and I feel grateful for that yeah because we've been doing it for so long I feel like Mm -hmm. I know what getting into a new relationship feels like and I know what it looks like and I know I'm really in touch with what I have capacity for Mm -hmm. so I haven't I haven't had a difficult time with balance and I I think that's also though because I've been really intentional about not getting into a more uh, serious or committed or more frequent relationship I think if I were to try and do that I would have a difficult time with balance but yeah I think it's been all right which I'm grateful for yeah (laughs) I think yeah the way you approach it is really yeah I love how you approach it really intentionally it seems like everything you do is very purposeful and very well thought yes. out and very like in tune with your own feelings and desires yeah becoming a mom way. becoming a mom really like changes your concept of time like all of a sudden time 
is completely different because you don't have any. <laughs> so, so like, so who you want to spend your time with, it becomes more particular. Like you're just like, I'm yeah. not going to spend time with people who, who aren't fulfilling, who aren't mm-hmm. like, who I don't have like real reciprocity with. And that's really helpful too, because you'll go on a date and you know, immediately like, no, this isn't somebody and that's kind of nice it makes you a lot pickier yeah Yeah, your priorities change yeah they do you know navigating non-monogamy and being a mother have you experienced any negativity or judgment from other parents you know not overtly and I think I mean we live in the greater Los Angeles area and non-monogamy is like seems to be like really popular out here like yeah I feel like even when I talk to people about it like people are a lot more open to the idea than they were you know 10 years ago um when you're on dating apps it's it's an option on 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 a lot of dating apps Um, so I feel like the stigma isn't really I mean definitely it's still there but it doesn't at least it's not like overt no one's like yelling at Mm -hmm. me yeah Um, I (laughs) think I think more so it it can make people uncomfortable is what is Mm -hmm. what it is because I think when I share with other parents for example or like when Daniel and I are you know amongst our peers and if we're someone's asking about it it can make people uncomfortable because it it can trigger like maybe it's something that they would like for themselves but they would never talk to their partner about it Mm. you know or it's something they haven't even admitted to themselves that they would be interested in so I think that part is always interesting because you can kind of see it on people's faces when you're talking about it that that they're really like it's it's doing something (laughs) it's doing something to them so I think that feels like the bigger challenge is that like with my monogamous friends as well as though like even though they like will ask me about it and like want to hear about it I can tell that it it can also be kind of difficult for them and and I appreciate the effort a lot but sometimes I can see on their faces that it's hard yeah oh (laughs) yeah I can yeah I can understand I I would almost feel that people like someone talking about it that maybe like other people not necessarily jealous of the situation but also like scared about what that might mean for their partner if they were to ask for it as well and just like yeah getting a bit of like a I don't know but yeah it sounds like it sounds like you have some supportive people around you yeah I do and I appreciate that and I think another misconception that people can have about non-monogamous folks is that like we want to sleep with everybody yeah so I think some people can also feel like a little threatened Mm -hmm. by the fact that that Daniel and I have an open marriage when it's like I don't just because yeah. I'm in an open marriage doesn't mean I'm trying to boink your husband. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> or like, doesn't yeah. mean that Daniel's try, trying to take your wife. Don't worry. And so I think sometimes people can can jump to that assumption too, and like feel a little yeah. like like oh, do I need to worry? And it's like no, mm-hmm. don't worry. it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess people are a lot more open about it than they have used to be. Like I, I guess it was not even that long ago where it was a little bit more taboo, but I guess. But more, I see more people talking about it, and I yeah. think so. Honestly, I feel really. I'm, I'm. I be honest. I really feel out of touch with like how taboo it is, or like I think mm. it, it's just so normal to me, right? That I feel, and then I think sometimes the problem with with social media is like we can kind of get into like our insulated spaces. So like yeah. I follow a lot of other non monogamous accounts. So for me, I'm just like everyone's non monogamous, and I just. Yeah, <laughs> I feel really out of touch with like what mainstream attitudes are 
towards mm-hmm. uh, towards non-monogamy sometimes. I'm like, oh, it is it is something that people have a, could have a problem with or like yeah. could be shocked by even. I forget. I think I forget mostly like amongst my peers. I think I expect older generations to feel a little more like bothered by yeah. it. Like I think when, when people who are my own age are, I'm like, really? In 2023? <laughs> yeah, I know. I definitely get that as well. Like, like for me and my sort of group of friends just it talking about like you know alternative lifestyles or relationships Uh in general like it's very much like openly spoken about but I can leave this room and say to someone oh like I did this on a weekend and they would be like what like they would be so shocked (laughs) and I find it so funny and like endearing and kind of cute that they don't know that all these things go on but yeah it is really interesting yeah, so you relate. I could say you relate. <laughs> yeah I could say it's like I could talk to my mum potentially she's like in her 60s and she would be like she would be really shocked but she'd also be like oh that's really interesting that like people have found a way to you know have their needs fulfilled in such a different way so yeah I think um yeah I think people are changing the way about how they view relationships Slowly, yeah, um, I do. I do think yeah. so too. If potentially, like a parent or a mom is uh, like is considering exploring non-monogamy, what kind of you know, like say they've had their child and yeah, they've now thought this is what I want. This is going to make me feel fulfilled. And um, what kind of advice would you give them? I think first of all, it's really important to really understand your reasons why you want it because. For anyone, mother or not, approaching non-monogamy when you're in a monogamous relationship, if you really, if you're approaching it from like you have an unmet need, that can be tricky. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you're approaching it from a place of like you're you have a full cup, but it's just something that's interesting to you. Not saying that you can't do it the other way, because because you can, it's just trickier. So I think really understanding your reasons is really helpful and can help you when you're looking to date if you if you know what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and why I mean, you're able to really articulate that and communicate that to people that you're dating. I think understanding that if you are in a relationship, that it will be really difficult work. And do you actually have the energy to do that and the capacity to do that? Any couples that are interested in opening up their relationship, I always want to make sure that they've done some sort of like therapy together or have really strong communication and are able to be really vulnerable with each other um, because that process brings up a lot. And if you're a mom that's trying to do it, I think just being aware that new relationships are really potent like as as everyone knows right like what happens when you get into a new relationship when you really like somebody like you go yeah kind of, you go kind of crazy right like every, <laughs> yeah like every like your brain kind of goes like turns to mush yeah. and you're just, like, it's like all get, consuming <laughs> it's all consuming right and there's there's actually like a lot of so the the term for that is limerence and in in non-monogamous circles they use the term new relationship energy and I, I feel like we don't talk about this concept enough because it really does hijack your brain. And like mm. the neuroscience shows that it's it's like more addicting than drugs, like than hard oh, drugs. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and so it's really important as a parent to understand that that could be a problem, right? Because you still have all of your responsibilities as a parent and you still need to be present as a parent. And you obviously like to be a good parent, like need to be present. So just being aware that 
new relationship energy can do that to you is so important and and trying to like have people in your life that kind of reflect that reflect that you're in that state can be really helpful because it can make you it can make you make some bad decisions because yeah what ha- what happens is your brain literally like filters out any like red flags or any like negative things about this person you just see them in like this golden light where everything they do is like perfect and amazing so it's just really important to be aware of that and to know how to put the brakes on a situation when you do feel like you're kind of spiraling into that state because it just doesn't really work as a parent yeah (laughs) it just just doesn't work (laughs) yeah new relationship energies are something I've only just really heard about because one of my friends is Polly and yeah she just got into a new relationship and she was talking about that and she's like is it love or is it new relationship energy and I just I thought oh wow yeah I never really thought about it too much yeah I think that's really interesting especially in the context of having children and yeah like being able to have that balance and to meet your meet your child's needs and meet your own needs and meet someone else's needs it's like a lot it is a lot so you really have to be aware of your capacity like what is your capacity and and how do you not go beyond that it's definitely possible and like I said I've been doing it for a long time so I feel really in touch with that and that's nice but for newer people it can be tricky it can be tricky to find that balance and and be aware of like where your capacity is and that can also be difficult as you're like dating another person because you're obviously like as you're figuring that out like your you know their emotions are involved too and so it's hard to be like oh I can give this much and then realize you actually can't so it it is tricky but possible Yeah, definitely. Uh, And like, you are a coach as well. So obviously, Mm -hmm. you do actually help people through these situations. Mm -hmm. Like what? So what kind of services do you offer? Right now, it's one on one coaching is what is my main offering. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in the process, I feel like of like, rediscovering like what I'm offering. Um, I feel like it's always evolving but right now yeah one-on-one coaching for folks who and it's not only around non-monogamy I really enjoy coaching folks who are transitioning from monogamy to non-monogamy or who are curious about non-monogamy or are navigating it for the first time because yeah it was so challenging for me and my husband and I really felt like I could have used help and so now it, it feels so nice to be able to normalize people's experiences validate their feelings and and guide them through just how tricky the process is so that's the main type of coaching that I do but I also coach folk on I call myself an imagination coach I coach folks on like how to more imaginative imaginatively approach their relationships in general even if it's monogamy like how do you how do you approach your monogamous relationship with more imagination so that it's more satisfying for you and your partner because we're talking about this earlier just like the simple thing of like sharing a bedroom like would it actually be better for you to not and I think yeah so so many of us this is everyone just we just kind of go through all the motions of life and do things the way that everyone else is doing them without kind of imagining like well wait what would be more most ideal for me so I like to help folks come up with like help them brainstorm 
types of relationships that would be best for them. I help folks through a lot of like through interest in alternative relationships or kinky relationships because I think I've had so many kinky relationships that have been really fulfilling um, that I would never have had the imagination for like even five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, so I think people don't even know those are an option, you know, that you can have, yeah. you can have a dominant who lives in another country and your relationship only exists, you know, via emails and texts um, that can be very fulfilling and can actually give you like some, some particular things that you're looking for. So I think I just mm -hmm. like to help folks to realize that there's so many options for the type of relationship they might be looking for. And I do a little bit of kink coaching as well, because folks, you know, will, will either be, don't know how to find their kinks and they're interested, like, oh, well, am I kinky? So it's fun to kind of guide them through that process. Because, you know, we all have, we all have our kinks. Um, yeah. Sometimes they just hide in below the surface a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. And also just like normalizing people's kinks a lot, like, because I think it can feel scary for folks to like let their partners know or like figure out how to get these kinks fulfilled like something as simple as like I'm not simple but they say simple but like golden showers <laughs> for example you know yeah like, it feels like that one's popular and like mild or feet mm. like a lot of people are into feet but it can be really shameful for people to like even admit that it's something that they enjoy and so I help folks I help to normalize it and be like you know what a lot of people don't worry it's not just you yeah it's never also, just you it's never just you I promise there's at least one other person out there yeah so I really enjoy kind of the relief that I see um from people when 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 I let them know that and when I like show them where their community is and like and and help them kind of through even like yeah. practice practicing conversations with with a potential partner on like how to reveal you know what what it is you need out of your intimate relationships. So it is a broad range of things. I coach, I coach parents. Um, I do some like parenting coaching. Um, it's a little bit all over the place, but it's, it's based mostly on my personal experience, which yeah. has been a lot at this point. And then also like a ton of reading that I've done because I wore over everything uh, kink and non-monogamy related. So, and then my offerings are going to change because I will be starting school this month to become a somatic sex and relationship coach oh. yeah I'm excited to see like what what that inspires in me in terms of like offerings <laughs> yeah so uh, I've seen somatic so what what is that because I've seen that term a lot quite recently I'm not quite sure what it means yeah it's kind of difficult to explain but I think most simply it's it's working with the body because I think a lot of traditional therapy has focused on like the top-down approach which is like using your mind to like overcome what's going on with you when a lot of our um, trauma and a lot of uh, work can happen in your body. So it's about different movements and, and different techniques to help kind of do it the other way around is right. to approach what's going on in your mind through working with the body. Wow, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's an emerging practice that I think more and more people yeah. are going to find really useful because people can be in talk therapy for like 20 years and never mm. have anything shift yeah so. and I do find yeah talk therapy it is it is like so draining on a lot of people and they find totally. it like I think a lot of people find it triggering as well because having mm -hmm. to talk about certain subjects mm -hmm. is really hard um so like it almost brings it up <laughs> in a way that you don't want it to so yeah exactly I, I mean it, it has its uses yeah. yeah it has its uses but I think that that person that you just described or that type of person would benefit yeah. from a more like a somatic approach yeah like we're all so different like 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just need to like have like a spread of different things you can try. If mm-hmm. one thing doesn't work for you, there's something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. And it was so lovely to chat to you today. And I think I've yeah, thank you asked so much all for of my me. questions that I had <laughs> about <laughs> everything non-monogamy and motherhood. So happy Mother's Day for thank you. the US people. Um, yeah, I hope you get looked after and spoiled. <laughs> oh, God, me um, too. <laughs> <laughs> and at least get like to relax, hopefully. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, we'll speak soon whenever you finish your coaching (laughs) bye thank you for listening to to put it playfully if you want to follow us on social media find us at playful promises and don't forget to hit the subscribe button to learn about our new podcast episodes see you then